You are listening to Hashtag Fly with Prerna Goel, award-winning entrepreneur, investor, philanthropist and co-founder of Clinica Phi, India's first truly virtual eye and face corrective clinic. Welcome to my podcast Hashtag Fly, a podcast where we peel the onion on what it means to fall in love with yourself because I believe self-love is the first step to true happiness. Each month I talk to remarkable people who have fallen in love with themselves and in the process have created some of the most extraordinary stories of discovery, acceptance, strength and triumph. And our guest for today is Anita Alexander. Anita is an award-winning senior business and tech leader and has to her credit multiple first of its kind initiatives that she has led. She has built and directed large organizations delivering innovative solutions. I'm super excited to have Anita as our guest today as she talks about self-love from the perspective of a parent. So without any further ado, let's get started. Welcome to Hashtag Fly Anita and thanks for being our guest today. Thank you, Prerna. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It is such a pleasure to be here and share my story with you and your audience. Thank you. So let's jump right in, Anita, and let's start with laying the foundation of the conversation, which is this concept of loving yourself. So what does this mean to you? What does loving yourself or self-care, self-love mean to you? Sure. With the ebb and flow of life, Prerna, we all desire to have this one best friend who is non-judgmental, who stands by us no matter what the stakes are, who is kind and forgiving and hopeful for us. Being that one friend to myself, accepting me the way I am with my weaknesses and strengths, and knowing that I continue to be work in progress, that to me is loving myself. Now, what I've come to realize is through the lifetime, this is not a done and dusted affair where you fall in love with yourself once and then it is all done. Because at various stages of my life, how I want to be loved has changed. There are difficult times and situations where I get upset with myself, disappointed, angry. However, acknowledging these emotions, understanding and addressing the triggers, and most importantly, allowing forgiveness and healing in. And at the end of each such episode, knowing that I'm a better and stronger version of myself, to me, that is falling in love again and again. Wow, I love it. You know, Anita, many of my guests previously have talked about this concept of it's a journey, it's not a one and done deal. But I really like the way you talked about it in the sense that with every iteration of it and with every episode where maybe you fall out of love with yourself for a little bit, you need to use this as an opportunity to come back stronger and even more in love with yourself as you go on this journey. So I think it's a beautiful way in which you have described this concept. So let's unpack that a little bit and go on this journey of your life because you talked about there have been instances where maybe you haven't loved yourself as much as you wanted to or the version of loving yourself has changed. 
So take us through your life journey and bring out for us some of those examples where maybe you were not as much in love with yourself as you would have liked. Absolutely. This incident uh, is something that is very close to my heart. I was pregnant with our second child and during the anomaly scan it was told to us that the baby has a cleft lip. Uh, this is a medical condition where there is a split in the upper lip which occurs when the facial structure is being developed and in an unborn baby and it doesn't completely close. I remember that sinking feeling on hearing this and the emotions that followed were not at all pleasant. I felt so much guilt, shame, worthlessness, denial and many more emotions that I can't even give a name to because I couldn't really understand what was going on. My thinking was so clouded that it started showing up in my actions. I started being restless, impatient with people around me. I would weep all of a sudden and I was so depressed and very very anxious. Now my elder child who was only 4 years old at that time was completely clueless. But she knew that mama was not okay. So she used to do her little bit to make me happy. And guess what? I would just snap back at her. The next few days I was such a mess because the only one thing that kept ringing in my head prana at that time was it is all my fault. Somehow I did this to the baby. If I had done something different, maybe this wouldn't have been the case. All this negative self talk was getting louder and louder in my head. Now recollecting this is very emotional to me, but that is that was my state. As the alchemist says, your universe conspires for your success. I'm so very blessed with this universe in the form of my family. My husband is such a great support and he stood by me as I went through this emotional roller coaster. Now my dad often refers to giving our best efforts in a timely manner towards what is within our control and accepting with grace what is not in our control this was somehow very strongly etched in me somewhere deep in my conscience a couple of days after the scan i was on my way to office in our company camp i was mindlessly flipping through a book it was just a pretense to avoid talking to my fellow colleagues in the camp because i might just burst into tears any time it was then that i ran into this bookmark which had the serenity prayer it goes like this god grant me the courage to change the things i can the serenity to accept the things i cannot and the wisdom to know the difference this was a turning point like god's hand guiding me it sparked what was already etched in me it occurred to me that there is nothing i can do about the medical situation but i certainly can change how i respond to it i can change my perception of a perfect pregnancy and prepare for what is next and very importantly i also realized that the hatred that i was holding up against myself had created such a thick barrier that it was difficult for anyone to help me i was just rippling any kind of kindness or help that was coming my way when this realization dawned on me 
I slowly started crawling out of guilt and anxiety towards accepting the situation and accepting that I'm sufficient. I specifically use the word crawl because it was not easy at all. At times I would go back and you know being my own depressed self, I would fall several steps backwards because the emotions were so strong for me to overcome. But this time the narrative was different, Prerna. I went from feeling like a terrible mom to feeling love and empathy for the mom in me. And that translated so beautifully to being positive about welcoming our little one to the world. Wow, what an emotional journey. And you know, I have friends who have had kids or who are having kids or in the process of thinking about having kids and they all seem to share this fear of you know am I going to be a good mom Uh, and anything that happens to their child is somehow their fault and a reflection of something they did so what would be your advice to other mothers because obviously your situation was compounded by the fact that there was a very physical manifestation of an issue in your child but there can be other ways in which a mom or a mother might feel like they have contributed to potentially something in their children's lives. So what is your advice to these mothers and how can they accept that at the end of the day, there are things that you can't control? And you talked about the serenity prayer. How does one actually accept it? Because it's easier said than done, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, There is no one size fits all at all. There is no silver bullet. But I would say actually allowing oneself to go through that process and not denying it, recognizing that, yes, it is painful, giving your emotion some structure, as well as acknowledging that it is very real and not shrugging it away, saying it's going to be all right. Dealing with that emotion has actually helped me a lot. Now, if we are really worried about being a bad mom, I don't think there is anything called a bad mom because everyone that is in this journey of motherhood and are really caring for their children, they all mean well, they intend well, and they want to do their best. Now, what is the degree can never be compared from one mom to another. It is a totally different journey and allowing ourselves the time to learn and grow as a parent while the child is growing, I think is so very important. And not trying to be a superhuman who knows everything and pretend to be being there, done that, or I have a role model who I want to model after, might not really work. So accepting what you have at hand and giving your best and telling yourselves you are the best mom version of yourself. And believing that, I think, is very important. Yeah, makes sense. Obviously, you talked about this is an ongoing journey. There are episodes, you go through them, you learn a way to tackle the problem. And actually, there are insights and learnings that come out of it. So what are those learnings? What are those insights that you take forward with you even to date since this episode? And how has it impacted your relationship with your children or what have they observed in you that has come out of this 
process. It is it's really interesting to see how your strength transforms to love and what your children observe is how you respond to situations. And I have discussed this very openly with my children. I've spoken about this to my daughter that I was really scared. I was very worried and I was not sure what I would do once the baby is born. to be able to ensure that i'm not delayed with any of the medical procedures that i have to do the more open i am with my children and talk to them about my fears my anxieties it makes me more connected to them that is one lesson prerna that i've learned being very authentic and not pretending to be somebody that you are not and also inviting them to be a part of the decisions which involves them that goes a long way because they feel so respected they feel responsible and they are with you every step of it so for example we are now looking to do a corrective surgery and my daughter has as much input into the decision as any of us have as parents my husband or i and i see that it really is helping because she feels that she has so much to do in that space it is it is her life and she has every right to make a decision to me that is one lesson that i have taken forward and i will continue to engage them they needed and be very authentic towards everything that i am doing with them yeah i think it's a really interesting point there is a tendency in parents in all of us right especially when we are worried about something when we are fearful about something we tend to become overprotective or we tend to coddle our loved ones uh, more than actually allowing them that freedom and having that open and honest dialogue with them about our own fears about the situation so i think what i'm hearing is what you're saying is actually rather than trying to protect them by not sharing information with them or creating some kind of a bubble around them it's actually better to bring them on this journey with you and let them be part of that conversation and let them play a role in that conversation because then they'll see that not only are you embracing the situation and embracing your own fears and you're being authentic and you love yourself for the decisions you are making it allows them to follow a similar path and start building that confidence in themselves as well no absolutely absolutely prema and have you come across other situations other mothers i know you talked about the fact that how you talk about this story with your work colleagues and you've discussed it with some other women so share with me how this story has helped others maybe experience or deal with a particular situation in their lives i have spoken about this in a very close knit circle with my mentees especially people who want to return back to work after a break or who are considering quitting their job because they are in the family way there is anxiety about can i be a good mother if i'm continuing to work after the maternity break what happens to my child is that going to impact my child's future there are so many questions that go on in people's mind and i i've shared the story and what i hear from them is hey, this might not be the same story as what we are going through but it tells us that the silver lining on the cloud exists there and there is light at the end of the tunnel because 
there is so much of strength that we have within ourselves and we undermine it because we try to fit ourselves into what is a stereotypical mom a perfect mom and it has encouraged them to go after what is their version of a perfect mom given their situations and what it means to them and their child to so to really personalize it and not go with something that has been predefined has really helped them apart from this i also have a very strong feeling that there is a lot of anxiety and fear of the unknown especially when somebody is in their family way and the fact that they're also in the workforce compounds to that anxiety so sharing my story has really helped people to look at things with the same pain of view which says there is no pause and play button between professional and personal life there is always a balance and the balance is what we decide just because somebody has figured out a balance we cannot take that and imprint on us we have to figure that balance out for ourselves yeah and i think this is this is really the purpose of hashtag #fly my podcast as well right i i'm a strong believer that when you listen to other people's stories and when you listen to what has transpired in their lives and how they have dealt with it your situation might be slightly different but there are lots of commonalities lots of themes and the way we react to situations there are lots of commonalities in those as well so i think the more we talk about it the more we share hopefully there are people out there that we can help uh, not only deal with the situation but find some comfort that they are not in this alone that this is actually happening all around us and it's not unique to them That's right. So Anita, let's change uh, gears a little bit and let's talk about what in your opinion stops people from fully embracing their true self. You talked about authenticity, you talked about focusing on things that we can control and not really spending too much time trying to change things we cannot control. But what do you think prevents people from being able to do that in their day-to-day lives? I might draw my answer from my previous response plena here on one hand the idea of perfection is usually defined in very broad strokes if you are an engineer a perfect career is this if you are a doctor if you are a model if you are a journalist if you are a working mom if you are a stay home mom and the list goes on on the other hand striving for perfection is so wired into us right from our childhood Uh, take for example the coloring exercise that we get our kids to do who gets an a plus the one who colors within the lines there is in life there is no one size fits all like what i alluded to earlier very much like how we all have unique fingerprints we all have unique blueprints of our lives what is perfect for one person need not be perfect for another person now not knowing what our perfection means can be disastrous because knowing our perfection is a guiding compass to not only accept ourselves the way we are but it also becomes very handy in knowing where we want to improve how do we want to become a better version of ourselves and it also helps us filter out the noise that is caused by societal pressure which is certainly a bonus Now many a times blending in to match with this predefined perfection 
that we absolutely do not resonate with prevents us from being our authentic self and that in turn stops us from being comfortable with our own selves comfortable in our own skin yeah that resonates with me a lot one of the previous guests uh, also spoke about this concept of comparativeness we are always comparing ourselves not only with other people but also this vision of what we think our lives should be and ought to be based on the conditioning that we have received throughout our lives and i think what you are saying is very much in line with that is we are fed this concept of what perfect looks like and actually that the challenge doesn't just stop there right like the perfection has to come in multiple different ways you have to be perfect in your career you have to be perfect in your family life you have to be perfect in the way you interact with people you know multiple different elements of perfection whereas we need to start looking at perfection as what what am i good at who am i as a person and that is my level of perfection and that is what perfect is right and embrace our imperfections to be that perfect person so i think it resonates a lot and 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 actually uh, is is very much in line with what some of our other guests have shared before as well which which is fantastic so anita let's go into the rapid fire round uh, it's my favorite round don't think a lot just share what comes to mind short quick snappy responses is what i'm looking for so let's start with the first one What's your life's mantra? If I cannot be me, then who can be? Amazing. I love that because that just reinforces everything you have said so far. I love it. Absolutely love it. What's your proudest moment? Being an author's mom. Uh, my eldest daughter has authored two books internationally published. Nothing makes me proud than holding her books, reading and rereading them. Wow. And how old is your older daughter? This she just turned 18. Oh wow. What an accomplished girl. You should share the names of the books. I will make sure I include it uh, when I publish this podcast so that our readers can also get access to these books. That will be fantastic. And what are you most excited about as you look forward to the next 12 months? On the personal front, I'm pushing myself to a disciplined routine towards holistic wellness, the mind, body and soul. On the professional front I'm very excited about the many possibilities that we can unleash in the field of data and analytics. Great. And th- those are two very different things, right? So if you think if I think about data and analytics, uh, it's a very structured, logical, analytical world and when we think about mind, body and soul, it's a much more fluid world. So how do you balance the two? And I know I'm digressing from a rapid fire round into into a more detailed conversation, but it's a really interesting contrast for me. So talk to me about how do you balance the two sides of of the coin, so to say. I'm still work in progress, Prerna, and the reason I said both together is it's usually I tend to elude more towards professional success. than my personal health goals so this time i said i'm going to put both on a balance and ensure that i'm taking both along and i can tell you the one that i'm very comfortable doing is my professional side so i usually tend to go that way and now to your point to get this balance i really have to say okay this is me when i'm focusing on my personal goals and this is me when i'm focusing on my professional goals but then i'm seeing that it's complementing you know both ways because when i really focus on the fluidic stuff around being in the moment not multitasking really focusing on what i should do at that moment for my mind body and soul that is actually translating to better 
concentration when I'm doing things at work. So, and I'm able to bring that same discipline when I'm time slicing at work back to what I should do from my personal standpoint. So it rather is more complimentary at this point in time. I think uh, a lot of people feel that when they go on this journey, we again have been conditioned to believe that everything has to be project managed to the nth degree. And if there is any deviation from our well laid out plans, it's it's a complete disaster. And actually what you realize is the more you relax, the more you start letting go and go with the flow a little bit. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have plans, doesn't mean you don't have uh, goals and objectives that you're working towards but actually it allows you to be a lot more open to opportunities that come along the way that contribute to those goals and objectives a lot more than if you were very strict in how you approached every aspect of your life so that makes perfect sense and finally one item that you always keep with yourself it can be an item it can be a saying it can be a book it can be something that keeps reminding you to put yourself first to keep loving yourself and that that's the best way to continue to go on this journey that is life. I usually carry a copy of Bible with me. I picked this habit when I was in my college. It reminds me of forgiveness and unconditional love. Amazing. And as you said, we ended we can you know it comes a full circle in your very first response you talked about loving yourself is about forgiving yourself for things that you cannot control or things that you may not get right and just embracing and giving yourself unconditional love for who you are. So I think it's a perfect way to end this conversation. Uh, listen, I think this was a super insightful conversation. Really uh, loved how you kind of brought different elements of life together. And thank you for sharing a very personal journey with, with our uh, listeners uh, I think there is a lot of valuable advice in there which they will benefit from. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Prerna. What an enlightening chat. Being a parent and staying in love with yourself isn't easy. However, the only way you can truly show your kid to love themselves is by loving yourself. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with friends and family and subscribe to hear my next podcast with Nabjyoti Upadhyay on how growing up in a conservative patriarchal family left her living a life that wasn't hers and how she found a way to herself after many hardships.